Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, October the 20th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over this awesome NBA 11-game slate for this first Wednesday of the season. We had a, a fine start here yesterday uh, with the first two opening games. Big fate of Westbrook for us was a, a big differentiator. And certainly LeBron stepped up for us in the late game. So we did cash in on all three sites, DraftKings, Draft Kings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. So hopefully uh, our members all got to enjoy that. I know we heard from some of them, and that was greatly appreciated. Um, if you're interested in getting uh, along here with us at DFS Coach Talk, just go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, You'll see a lot of different memberships you can choose from. And remember, when you join with DFS Coach Talk, you get everything that we offer. We do not sell sports individually or anything like that. You get everything that we've got. And uh, we'd love to have you. And we have as little as a three-day pass for $10, a five-day pass for $19, a lot of NBA offers uh, as well. So just to set the stage a little bit, uh, to know what, what's going to be happening every day. We do an NBA podcast seven days a week, um, and we're all over it. We're going to have a mixture of uh, Andrew and I, like always. We've done podcasts together for years. So those that have been listeners for a long time, uh, big shout out to you. Appreciate all of you very much. Uh, for the new listeners, I'll be doing some solo pods as well. And Josh Crash Davis is going to jump in once a week with me. And then Andrew's going to have a solo podcast on Thursdays. So we're going to try to mix it up enough that you get a good, fresh look every day. But one thing that stays consistent here at um, Coach Talk is the way we go about building lineups and the way we ha handle DFS on a daily basis. What we'd love to do is if you become a, a member here and jump in our Discord, uh, we have a coach talk process that we go through uh, and we really uh, share with our members. I, I'll, I do one-on-ones with all of our members uh, at one point or another, uh, whenever they, they need it. And we go over exactly that process because we're all about really uh, bankroll management and contest selection being the key because that is the forgotten element. Everybody wants to just dive right to the lineups. Sometimes that is not going to get it done. So what we try to do is just give you the full picture so that you can have long-term sustainability and winning in DFS. And we feel that we uh, that's the differentiator for us in this entire industry. So we'd love to have you uh, jump aboard or listen in. We do a podcast, like I say, every day in front of the paywall. So, uh, you know, listen in and put that little alert button. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, the subscribe Give us a little comment if you like the podcast, if you had a question. Um, we're always all over that, and we will respond the same day. Uh, and then hit that little alert button, a little bell in the upper corner, so you know when our podcast posts. All right, we're going to dive into this NBA slate because it is a big one. It's the first big slate of the year. It is an 11-gamer. Uh, what we're going to do here, you know, also so you know when we're giving out these recommendations and breaking uh, down these games. Um, we're going to give you information regarding uh, just about everything from injuries and then from a statistical standpoint, uh, what we're doing, we're optimizing our numbers. We're looking at projections, ownership. Uh, one of my favorites, defensive real plus minus. We use uh, utilize usage. All of that goes into hand building our lineup. So you're going to get basically all of that information uh, in as concise of a podcast as we can. We don't want to do these super long pods that nobody has time to listen to. Uh, we're always going to get them out in the morning so you have lunch hour or commute on the way home to uh, take a listen. All right, let's do this first. I want to start out with just giving a picture of the injured players that we don't know. Some are out, some we don't know yet. Uh, some have already been ruled in. So I'm going to do a quick uh, flyover and mention of these guys, and then we're going to go game by game and break this down. All right. For right now, the, the guys that are injured uh, and, and their status is Kobe White is out for Chicago. 
for Detroit, the rookie Cade Cunningham, the first pick overall, out. Uh, two younger guys, Livers and Smith, also out. For Indiana, Brogdon is uh, probable. I read where he is going to play. Holiday, however, and Lamb, that's Justin Holiday, by the way, are questionable for Indiana. And then three guys already ruled out are Karis Levert, Martin, and Warren. So those guys you can cross off. <clears throat> Game time decisions for Charlotte. But looking on the probable side, I think both these guys play are Bridges and Rogier. For Boston, Jalen Brown is the question mark. Is he going to play or not? That's something we will find out prior to game time. Al Horford already ruled out with COVID protocols. Nerlens Noel, doubtful for the Knicks. Uh, they've been playing Taj Gibson and Mitchell Robinson there. Anyway, Washington, Bradley Beal, game time decision. So that we need to follow. Massive news there. The three guys out for Washington are Bryant, Hashimura, that's big news, and Cassius Winston. For Toronto, uh, Boucher, questionable, more so doubtful. He had like minor surgery on his, some, his hand, something to do with his hand. He's, uh, I think, more toward doubtful, but, uh, you know, not somebody I'm going to look to, even if he does get some minutes. The big news is Pascal Siakam is out. And that does change that rotation and everything for Toronto. Uh, Watanabe also, Watanabe, whatever, tomato, tomato, uh, he is out. All right, Shake Milton out for Philly. Uh, ben Simmons, I don't even know what to say about Ben Simmons. That whole scenario, if you missed it, he showed up for practice. He didn't want to contribute. They threw him out of practice. They suspended him. What a disaster. I can't believe they haven't traded him. Uh, Riller is out as well. The big news for the Pelicans, Zion, the franchise, Zion Williamson out. He'll be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. Um, for Houston, you've got uh, House is uh, questionable. So we'll see if he's going to get any minutes. Matthews and John Wall out. John Wall, really? Um, Minnesota, McLaughlin and Noel, their two backup uh, guards are questionable. Our Pat Beverly has already been ruled out. So extra minutes, short uh, backcourt. Looks like Russell and Edwards get all you can eat minutes. Cleveland, Dean Wade, Dylan Windler out. And the big news for Memphis is Dylan Brooks. Their heart and soul is out. So they're going to have to pick up the slack there. Orlando has a monster amount of injuries for this early and for this young of a team. Suggs is listed, but probable, I think, more than likely, he's starting. He should be fine. The guys that are out, though, Michael Carter-Williams, Fultz, Isaac, Moore, and Okiki. So they have half their roster out, uh, basically. San Antonio, uh, Landell, probable uh, to questionable. He's you know, been on both sides of that uh, uh, designation. Uh, Kaycock and Collins are out. Oklahoma City, no reports of injuries. Utah, Pascal, uh, probable. Forrest and Rudy Gay are out. Uh, Denver has Jamal Murray, as we all know, still out. And Kantkar, the uh, young forward, the Olympic uh, stud, he is probable. Uh, Dario Sarge out for Phoenix. Tony Snell out for Portland. So that's everybody. Hopefully that gave you a good feel for what's what, and who is who as far as in and out. All right, first game. We're diving in because we have lots of games to cover. Again, I'm just going to uh, you know, give some numbers here, give you an idea of what it looks like, and uh, then we're just going to take it from there. Uh, all right, first game, Indiana Pacers at the Hornets. It is uh, Charlotte minus two, a 224 total. You've got a 111 implied for the Pacers and a 113 for the Hornets. It's looking like uh, Brogdon. And then after that, with all of these injuries, depending on who's in, who's out, if Holiday and Lamb sit, you may see Chris Duarte. You'll see some Torrey Craig. Uh, you're going to get a rotation of guys uh, in those spots for the injured players. Not really interested 
in a lot of those guys. I do like Duarte, though. Malcolm Brogdon, like I said, he's playing. He had some injuries in the preseason. I think he's going to be fine. Two key guys there against Sabonis and Turner, uh, specifically against not the best frontline defense uh, from Charlotte. So, uh, you know, bench-wise, all banged up because of the, uh, you know, the injuries specifically to Lamb and Holiday. Uh, and, you know, if those guys don't play, it's going to be T.J. McConnell getting a good chunk of minutes off the bet bench. Uh, you may see some O'Shea Brissett um, as well. But, you know, the main focus there will probably continue to be uh, Brogdon and Sabonis, 1 and 1A for me. On the Charlotte side, it looks like it's going to be uh, the lineup that they were hoping to start. And that's Lamella Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. P.J. Washington and Mason Plumley. Uh, Miles Bridges was dinged up. He banged knees in the last preseason game, but is expected to play off the bench. He could be a help. Kelly Oubre, their new pickup. Uh, Ish Smith backing up at the point guard. So they have some depth there. Jalen McDaniels, the youngster, uh, will get minutes off the bench as well. We'll see if they give James Booknight, Booknight the, the rookie, any minutes. Um you know, also at center, Kai Jones, the, the youngster, also is a guy to keep an eye on that, that could cause, uh, you know, some trouble off the bench. But for the most part, you know, you've got, you know, and when you're talking prices here, I'm going to talk DraftKings and then we can always uh, circle back. But on these huge slates to go over uh, all three sites pricing, it's just too too long, too comprehensive. But you can take what we say at these DraftKings prices and get a good feel. Um, we do provide a, a coach talk, by the way, we do a core group or a coach's clipboard for DraftKings. We do full lineups for FanDuel and Yahoo. Um, on the, the pricing on the side of, of uh, Indiana that I said I really like, you've got Brogdon at 7.5. Sabonis is expensive at 9.8. Uh, Miles Turner is only 5.7. So there's a guy you can look at. And if you're looking to round out a lineup, at 3.3, Chris Duarte is, is very playable, in my opinion, uh, especially in, you know, where you're doing more of a Stars and Scrubs lineup. The go-to players for Charlotte that we mentioned, LaMelo Ball at 7.7, certainly a, a possibility here. Brogdon is a good defender, though. So, uh, you know, on the defense, a real plus minus. It's, it's not a breakout game for LaMelo, but, uh, you know, very good potential here. Terry Rozier, I like Rozier, he's 7-4, uh, but the question is, you know, is he 100% healthy? Uh, I think that he's good to go and ready to roll and a possibility there. Gordon Hayward, same thing. He's 7.5, which is a little pricey. I'm not sure if he'll have any type of uh, minutes uh, limit because he did miss preseason games. P.J. Washington, Mason Plumley, you know, Mason can have good games, but center is such a tough spot on big slates like this. Uh, Miles Bridges at 7K seems overpriced to me off the bench. So I won't be real strong uh, on that Charlotte side for sure. All right, next game, <clears throat> Chicago Bulls, the Detroit Pistons. We have um, the, the uh, Chicago Bulls minus five. The implied total for the Bulls, 111.75. For the Pistons, 106.75. So, you know, a lot to unpack in this game. You've got some new rotations, some new people. Uh, really high on the Bulls this year. I've been mentioning it in the preseason shows. You know, Lonzo Ball, 6'9", at 6.9. Zach Levine at 8.7, certainly. You know, what's his role going to be? But here's what the big ads. They have DeMar DeRozan. He's at 7.1K. And Vuk at 9K. So, my question is this, I'm high on the Bulls as a team, but from a DFS standpoint, is that going to sting us? You've now got Ball, Levine, DeRozan, and Vuk. You have four guys that are going to utilize the ball a lot. You know, are they going to lose DFS points having to share that? That's going to be the question. Uh, Patrick Williams is back too. He's starting second year player that had more usage as the year uh, went on last year. So he, he's only 4.2, so he might be uh, a guy to look at. Not, I love the starting line for the Bulls. Their bench, a little thin. Um, you do have Alex Caruso. 
uh, and Troy Brown, Elise Johnson, um, Tony Bradley back up center. So you've got a few guys in there that are very cheap. Nobody that I'm going to roster uh, off that bench in a big uh, slate like this. Um, you know, the question is, how do they match up with Detroit? You know, uh, Detroit's a, a little undersized at, at the big. They're using Jeremy Grant at the four and Isaiah Stewart at the five. I really like Isaiah Stewart, but he is definitely undersized to guard Vuk. Vuk is uh, a really decent target, I think, in this matchup today and probably my favorite for the Bulls. Um, Zach Levine also, although his price is super high, probably a target number two there. On that Detroit side, it looks like, you know, they have not decided really what their lineup's going to be. You're going to get a combination of uh, Killian Hayes, Frank Jan Jackson. Uh, you'll have Bay, Grant, and Stewart, more than likely the starting lineup. But you'll get a lot of Diallo, Josh Jackson, Kelly Olynyk, uh, Corey Joseph. Um, <clears throat> and so they have some bench, and they have a lot of young guys, even Luke Garza, Trey Lyles ended up on that squad. So, you know, not real thrilled the fact that they're going to have such a deep rotation and so many guys uh, playing minutes, which definitely hurt. As far as the guys that would stand out, you know, Sadiq Bey uh, seemed to be uh, taking the next level uh, step in his career. So we want to keep an eye on him. Jeremy Grant, you know, <clears throat> ended up really being a fantastic pickup for them last year. And statistically, he got it done. So he's a guy that we can uh, look at in this game. And then the, the guy that I sort of like, you know, I know I'm always on his bandwagon, but Isaiah Stewart's only 6.1. The problem I have with rostering him, he has a tendency to get in foul trouble, specifically when he's guarding centers that are offensively active. And Vukovic is one of, you know, the top six, seven active centers offensively. So I'm afraid of Stewart in this type of a depth with 11 games, and I don't think he's really the best direction to go. So with this total only being 218.5 overall, definitely not one of my favorite games on the slate. All right, game three. Uh, first two games, by the way, were 7 o'clock start. So that starts out our big 11 gamer. The next game is 7.30. It's Wizards and Raptors. You've got Toronto uh, favored by two and a half, 221 on the over-under. Implied total for Washington, 109.25. Implied for Toronto, 111.75. So very interesting here. What is the Washington Wizards uh, going to bring to the floor? That is the question. Their probable starting lineup looks like a combination of, of Wizards and Lakers. It's Dinwiddie, Beal, Coldwell, Pope, Kuzma, and Gafford. And my man Gafford, who I touted all last year, signed a, a four-year deal for like $60 million or something in that area. So for, I, I love it. A guy that couldn't make the league, and boom, he's a starting center, and he's getting the money. Now, as far as bench-wise, Wizards do have an interesting bench. Bertans, who they paid the $84 million to, which was a waste of money. Avdia, who's back and healthy. Montrez Harrell's going to get a lot of minutes at center, uh, splitting with Gafford, especially until Thomas Bryant is back. He is out. Aaron Holiday, a new guy they brought in, Ra Raul Neto. And then their number one pick, Corey Kispert, who had some decent run in the preseason. So they're going to go deep. They're going to play 10, 11 guys, and, and uh, it's going to make it a little bit tough. Now, I will say, Spencer Dinwiddie at 4.9 is pretty juicy. I like that pick, especially going against uh, Goran Dragic defense or uh, Malachi Flynn defense. Uh, Bradley Beal, again, you know, uh, a good possibility here. We want to make sure he's 100% healthy and good to go. That's a question mark. And at, at 9.5, I'm not going to go there right off the bat. Uh, you know, I think they'll, you'll see Kuzma get some ownership. And I'm not sure exactly, you know, if that's deserved. I know he had some good games in the preseason and some he disappeared. So Kuzma remains that same enigma. You know, do, do you use him? Can you use him in cash games and single entry? You know, he still remains more of a GPP kind of play for me. 
And, you know, with 22 centers playing, I don't know if I can really say Daniel Gafford's a great play because I do think Harold's going to split minutes with him. So I'm probably going to look elsewhere. Uh, on the Toronto side, very interesting. Their, their rotation is going to be really their, their top six are going to be Dragic, Van Vliet, Trent, Ananobi, Barnes, and Achua. Uh, and as far as pricing goes, you know, you're going to pay a, a fair price if you want to go Van Vliet. And I do like Van Vliet here. He's one of, I think, for the price at 7.5, I think is fair. I think that he's an eight thousand plus player personally and i think he's he'll do real well in this matchup with a, a very shaky uh, backcourt defense from the wizards so i like van fleet van vliet here Dragic, uh playable um but you know uh, we'll see i'm not 100 i want to see make sure those minutes are secure and he doesn't get uh anything taken by malachi flynn now, the funny thing on DraftKings is for some reason they have Flynn priced at 6K and Goran Dragic only at 5. So, yeah, you know, Dragic certainly the better play. Uh, my favorite play, though, to be honest with you, on this side are the cheaper guys. I, I like all three of these guys as potential plays. Obviously only going to, you know, play probably, probably Van Vliet and one of these guys. So I am going to have some Toronto exposure I do want to attack uh, that Wizards defense, but defense, but it's Ananobi at 6.1. Since Siakam went down in the preseason and going into this, uh, Ananobi has gone from a, somewhat a 3 and D guy to a go-to guy. He looks terrific. He's been scoring fantasy points, and I, I think he deserves that 6.1 uh, salary. Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent, are you know, they're in the bucket of, I want to see how it's going to flow first. I'm not going to go either one of them. I do like Barnes' potential at 3.4K. He is cheap. He is going to get minutes, but just a little raw. I think he needs a little bit of time to get, uh, you know, real settled in. Precious Achua is a, a nice play. He's 3.1K, and he's another guy that, that has great potential to make my lineup. He's super cheap. He's going to get really good minutes, and uh, – you know, it's hard to, to fight with that. His uh, The guy he'll share center with is Kem Birch, more than likely. Birch is exactly twice the price at 6.2. So I'm not going to certainly go there. I would say a, a Chua if you want a real cheap guy. And now that FanDuel has joined in with multi-positions, you can play more than one center and you can mess around with some of these value plays uh, on all three sites. Okay. We go to game number four. It is the Boston Celtics at the New York Knicks. It is uh, the Knicks by two. It's a 216 and a half over under. This game and the next game, both the same, 216 and a half. So those are a little bit of red flags for me. I don't like the, the games that are projected to be defensive battles because a lot of times that's the way they turn out. You know, Vegas knows their stuff. Uh, Boston's a one, 107.25 implied, Knicks 109.25. So this is a real tight game. You've got the Celtics, you know, looking like the regulars. If Brown plays, he is questionable, so I wouldn't dive on that immediately. But you've got Marcus Smart, Brown if he plays, Langford, Tatum, Williams. And you have Schroeder. Pritchard's another guy. He got his nose smashed in one of the preseason games. We'll see if he gets in there. Josh Richardson, also a, a big minutes guy here. And then you've got some bench players in Cantor, Nesmith, Grant Williams, uh, the, and uh, those guys will get some minutes. But the bottom line here is, you know, it's one of those theories we followed last year. It makes sense, and we're going to continue to do it this year. And that's if Brown and um, uh, Tatum, if one of them sits, the other one is just such a must play that it's hard to pass up because the usage factor is off the charts when one or the other one sits. So for me, I just need the news. If Brown sits, Tatum's 100% lock and load at 9.4. I will eat the price and eat the chalk there. Now, I will say this, though. The thing that does deter me a bit is the Knicks are really good defensively. They had a great year last year. They're well-organized. They, they really do play good D. So 
if Brown plays and he doesn't have a ton of restrictions, then I'll probably fade most of the Boston side. But it's just even against a good defense like the Knicks, with if Brown does sit, I just think you got to still go Williams. Other options there, I think Smart's priced a little too high. I don't trust Romeo Langford just yet, even though he's cheap. Robert Williams at 5.1, maybe on a small slate, but not this big of a, a slate. And then, you know, we don't know exactly what Schroeder's role is going to be. How much is he going to score? And at 5.9, uh, just not going to go there. So not crazy about that side of the ball. On the Knicks side, it looks like it's going to be Kemba. Uh, Fournier, Bear, Randall, and a combination of Taj Gibson and Mitchell Robinson, uh, especially if Nerland's Noel sits out and even gets more crowded when Noel's back. But, you know, you can always look at Julius. I mean, there's no doubt he's 8.8. .8, so, you know, you've got potential to play him at power forward or center. Uh, certainly playable, um, you know, not a, a, a complete go-to guy, but somebody that if you're looking for stars and scrubs, can definitely bank one of those stars spots. Uh, not comfortable with Kemba's minutes because Derrick Rose looks like the old Derrick Rose. And I'd love to play Rose, but not at 6.9K. Not with a mixture of all the guards. They're going to try to play Walker and Fournier and Burks and Quickly. And they're just too deep. Similar problem to last year. So I don't like the, the speed of this game. I don't like this matchup. This is going to be a game I'm going to have very little exposure to. Uh, probably no Knicks and possibly no Celtics unless Brown sits and Tatum plays. But, uh, yeah, I, it's the, the bench guys are all priced too high in this game. I think on an 11-game slate, you can afford to pass it. All right. We go to the Cleveland Cavaliers at Memphis Grizzlies in the 8 p.m. Eastern slot. Again, like we said, another 216 and a half over under. Plus, you have a bigger spread here. Memphis is favored by seven and a half. Implied total for Cleveland, 104.5. For the Grizz, 112. So 112, a little bit interesting, gets my attention. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people. I'll go right to the Grizz because Job Moran at 9.1 is expensive. But, man, is he looking fantastic. We know we always pick on the Garland-Sexton backcourt defensively. And Jaw, the way he's starting out, it's a home game. If Cleveland keeps us close enough and he gets the big minutes that he can, I think uh, Jaw may be one of the, the prime guys I go to uh, at that point guard spot. Uh, I know that'll make Andrew Hansen happy that's listening. He's a big Jaw guy. But uh, yeah, definitely somebody I've got circled right now. Uh, as far as the other players for the Grizz, uh, Bain Anderson, Jackson, Adams, Melton, Tyus Jones, Tillman, Brandon Clark. You know, they're just, they're deep, but I don't really want any of those guys. Not on a big slate like this when they're all going to be sharing stats. Uh, yes, Cleveland's a poor defensive team. I get it, but it still doesn't help if you have six guys filling in box scores where it could be three or four of them. So it's going to be jaw Moran or bust for me on, on the Grizz side. On Cleveland's side, Looks like you're going to get Garland, Sexton, Markinen, Mobley, and Allen. That's and Okoro. Uh, I mean, Okoro for Markinen. I think Markinen will come off the bench as the sixth man, more than likely Garden, Sexton, Okoro, Mobley, Allen. They have committed to playing Mobley and Allen next to each other at the 4 5. So that's something that you want to keep track of there. Price wise, you know, not bad. Mobley's 4.5. I think he gets big minutes. Uh, definitely raw. He needs some time, but he's going to get just naturally because he's so gifted. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to get some blocks. So he's a guy you can keep an eye on at that cheap price, even early on. Um, other guys, you know, Okoro's hit or miss at the 5.2. And then Garland and Sexton. You know, if Sexton was dinged up a bit the end of preseason, if they both play, it's hard to go there because they're 7.6 for Garland and 8.3K for Sexton. I uh, don't really want to pay that far up for those two guys in this situation. So for me, you know, I'll give a small look to Mobley. Uh, Allen at 6.5 deserves at least a glance. And uh, at our, in a real pinch, uh, you know, in, in a GPP only, Okoro has some possibilities there. But not high on this game either. 
these two, you know, middle of the night games are not my favorite by any stretch. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. We are at game six, so we're almost halfway. Let's dive into this game six right away. It's also an eight o'clock game. It's the Houston Rockets and Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, this game is ding, 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 the winner in my book. I like both of these teams offensively. I don't like either one of these teams defensively. And Vegas agrees. Minnesota's favored by five and a half, but it's vacillating between 229 and a half and 230 for the over-under. So that is interesting. Houston, a 112 uh, implied total. Minnesota, 118. So let's talk about this here because I'm going to have two or three guys probably come out of this game. You've got two good options in Kevin Porter at 7.8, which is a little pricey. I think he's going to have a really good game. Jalen Green's only 4.2. That is going to get a lot of ownership, and he deserves it. I think he's going to be a good, strong uh, contributor to this team. Yes, you know, rookie first game, it is a little bit, uh, you know, uh, of a, a reach, but I think Green has to be at that price a consideration. Uh, after that, Christian Wood at 8K, I think is a, a nice price. I mean, he's somebody you can look at. He's going to be a big contributor. Then you have a group of guys that are all just in the okay standpoint. Jay Sean Tate, Daniel Tice, Eric Gordon, uh, you know, uh, those guys specifically, maybe KJ Martin, uh, Sengun, the rookie, he's going to get minutes. Uh, so there's some depth there. But I think you got to focus on Porter, Green, and Wood. Those are the big three for Houston. And I would like to have at least one of those guys uh, rostered because I think this will be an up-and-down game, poor defensively, and I think it's going to be a very effective game. All right, from the Timberwolves side, you know, I love some guys here. D'Angelo Russell at 8.5 is a big, interesting target for me because I think he's going to be more in control of this team uh, I think he's, you know, playing against a poor backcourt uh, defense in Porter and Green. I, they have to prove to me that they can defend. Uh, you know, he is definitely high on my radar along with Anthony Edwards. So I'd love to have both of them, to be honest with you. But Edwards at 7.1K, certainly one of my favorite plays. Now, he will get some Jay Sean Tate defense who can D it up. So he's, you know, not going to be a 100% plug-and-play guy, but I think uh, I think he's in a great spot. I really do. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, the youngster, 3.6, going to get the start. Uh, you know, can take a look at him, see how he's going to develop. He's going to be a fourth or fifth option here a lot of the time. So don't know. I want to uh, put my, my uh, chips on the table with him. Now, Cat, 9.7, you know, is he going to be your pay-up guy? I mean, he has come in with, uh, you know, some great numbers in preseason, looking good, very focused. You know, so I mentioned on on the pre-show, you know, he I saw an interview with him. You know, he lost a lot of close family members to COVID. He's really rededicated himself to basketball, says he loves the game again, and he's just totally committed and focused. Uh, and I think he's a dangerous play, certainly a guy – that can be one of those options for the payup spot. All right, six down, five to go. A uh, couple of quick things. Uh, DFS Coach Talk, go to dfscoachtalk.com to become a member. We would love to have you. Uh, if you want to check us out on uh, Twitter, we're all at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. And Andrew is at Language Olympic. Uh, you can shoot us messages there. If you're uh, watching this on YouTube, quick thumbs up. What we really appreciate is the thumbs up. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, hit that. All, uh, finally, if you're listening for a long time, take a second and hit it. Quick comment. That really helps us move up the algorithm on YouTube. And hit the little alert button, that little bell in the upper corner. That tells you when our podcast posts. And we have podcasts posting in basketball, football, baseball, and golf, all four of our major sports. Those are the four sports we cover. We don't cover cross-country skiing and skeet shoot and axe throwing. I mean, we, we focus in on the R4. 
we do everything from analytics to optimizing to looking at all the statistics from defensive matchups. Uh, and then we add in a bunch of the coach talk scenario. Uh, you can call it old school if you want. It wins for us all the time. And that's I test stuff. Who looks good? What, how are the coaches reaction to players? How are they reacting to each other on the bench? Who's getting the stuff done away from the ball, pushing the rebound, getting it done? Who's loafing around the court? All those pieces. Again, you know, I always explain it. I very rarely watch the ball when I'm watching a game. I'm watching all the other aspects around who's moving without it, who's defending, who's in position to rebound. And those are the things that a lot of coaches do watch because it's easy to watch, you know, a Kevin Durant catch the ball, do a bit of a shake on a guy and hit a, an 18-foot fadeaway. What does that tell you? Nothing. But, you know, if you're watching the other parts of the court, you know, who's moving? If Patty Mills uh, curling around trying to get a put back or a tip, you know, is there is Blake Griffin uh, chart, you know, going back on the defensive side already or is he positioned? You know, all just the little things and those all add up to DFS points. And those are the things that we're looking at that I don't think anybody else does. I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you just dump everything into an optimizer and play the optimal lineups because number one, without tweaking those or maneuvering them around, they don't often win, to be honest with you. Now, they will, in cash, be pretty consistent, but you're also going to have a lot of chalk. You're not going to have any leverage. So if you combine everything what we do here at Coach Talk, uh, it's unique, and I think it gives you the opportunity to really build a great bankroll in cash and single-entry games, but still give you a chance, if you're a big GPP player or even a multi-enter person, to uh, make some good hits. So that's really our philosophy here. We we go by and uh, we'd love to have you in there because, you know, I'll, we'll go through these things in these podcasts, discuss our, our looks and, and things. But, you know, where the work really gets done is all afternoon up till up until lock, because that's when we're breaking down, uh, you know, the final information on injuries. We're looking at any coach speak, any beat writer stuff on Twitter, all the pieces that are going to give us that little edge. Cause you know, you get one extra point out of each one of your guys that can be uh, you know, the difference between taking something down or winning a big, you know, head to head or 50, 50. So we are working our tails off here for you and uh, would love to have you join us uh, at dfscoachtalk.com. All right, five games left. We have the Sixers and the Pelicans. It's 225 and a half. Philly favored by three and a half. Implied total for for Philly, 114 and a half. 111 for the Pelicans. Of course, we all know the mess about Simmons. We talked about that at the top of the show. Uh, he's suspended. He went to practice, shouldn't have gone. It was a joke. So he's out. I love Tyrese Maxey. I don't, I don't know why nobody likes him. He's only 4K. I think he can score, he can assist, and, I, I mean, he's just the man. He's, to me, you know, you've got no Simmons there, and then, you know, there's the possibility that, uh, you know, he gets the majority of those minutes at point guard. You know, I don't know if Shake Milton is 100% healthy. I know he, he's missed games. He's questionable or probable, but he's not going to be the key guy. Maxie's one of my favorite plays on the board. At 4K, I think he gets big minutes against the Pelicans, uh, you know, backcourt and team that's questionable, to be honest with you. And I think he, you know, for that price, he should have no problem, you know, 6, 7X, in my opinion. Um, the other guys, key for them, Curry, Green, Corkmaz, Thibel, you know, the, the regulars. Uh, the, the interesting part to me, though, Tobias Harris at 7-6, that's a little bit, uh, much to bite off for me. Uh, I think that, yes, he's awesome. He gets it done. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just think that at that price, though, you can do a little bit better. But he's a guy that, you know, I haven't crossed off my list. He could make uh, one of my GPP lineups. Joel Embiid, another, you know, do you go with a with him or a cat or, or one of the other bigs? You know, he's 10.6. So you're going to pay the price. He's awesome. Uh, he's all pissed off about the Simmons thing. I think people are going to play him a lot because 
Simmons is gone and he's mad. And I think, you know, he could smash the slate. I get it. I just think Philadelphia personally, all this Simmons stuff has been very distracting to them. And when a team is distracted coming in, they may need to shake off, uh, you know, some of this baloney to, to, to get straight because, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to put all my chips in that 10.6 K bucket of Embiid's, although I get it if you want to play him, but I don't like the distraction, you know, uh, playing the Pelicans now, you know, they also could smack the Pelicans. I know Philly's only a three and a half point favorite, but the Pelicans just don't look good to me. Uh, they are somewhat of a mess with Zion sitting out. Uh, if I had to play a, a side here, even though I don't like the fact that the Pelicans are in this distraction mode, I'm sorry, the Sixers are in the distraction mode. I just, you know, this lineup of the main guys are going to play for the Pelicans. Uh, Devontae Graham, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Garrett Temple. You know, you're going to get a lot of Josh Hart, some Najee Marshall. You know, I don't know. Do you count on those guys to get enough minutes and get it done? I do like Walker, uh, Alexander Walker, but, you know, the jury's still out. He's 6.6. I was hoping he'd be like 5.6. So that hurts. Brandon Ingram might be the guy. Brandon Ingram is 7.7, very fair. He's going to be the go-to guy on all the shots. I think, you know, he's definitely somebody that I would consider. The only other guy for the, the Pelicans that I like, but – I'm not going to use him here because he has to go against Joel Embiid, who I personally think is the best interior defender in the entire league. And that's Jonas Valachunas. New guy in, 7.4K. Has to get used to the team, too expensive, and he's going against Embiid. So, yeah, you know, I'm looking at a Max, Maxi and, and uh, Ingram duo here coming out of this game the most. But, you know, I think you still have to look at an Embiid, of course, and uh, if you're going with a more medium build, then a Tobias Harris is even uh, a possibility there. Okay, we go on to a, a the first 8.30 game, and only 8.30 game on the chart. It is the Orlando Magic and the San Antonio Spurs. And how about this crappy number? 211.5 on the over-under. Spurs are favored by 6.5. Uh, you've got an implied of of 102.5 for Orlando, 109 for the Spurs. Uh, two teams, very interesting. Orlando in a full rebuild, a new coach, a bunch of new young players. We'll see how that shakes out. And then you've got the Spurs. I don't even know what to say about the Spurs. First of all, I've said this, you know, innumerable times. I don't trust Pop. I don't trust his rotation. You don't want to be typing in Discord, I got popped. And we do, how many times does that happen? Like 30 times a season. But I'll tell you, he, the starting lineup looks like it's set. DeJounte Murray, uh, Derek White, Doug McDermott, Keldon, Keldon Johnson, and Jakob Pertle. And they'll get Walker, Forbes, who's come back to the team, Vassell, Thad Young. Those guys will all get minutes. Drew Eubanks will be the backup center. So, you know, he'll go 10 deep again. You know, do you really count on anybody here? Maybe DeJounte Murray at 6.8, you know, gets a little interest there. A super cheap punt play at, is Doug McDermott at 4.7. Not the worst play I've ever seen. Uh, there will be the people that like to play Yaka Pirtle because he's always cheap. He's only 5K. But I'm not one of those guys, not at center. I would prefer going the other direction, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, let's take a look at the, the, the main guys for Orlando. Now, one thing I'll say about Orlando is they're deep with young talent. And I think you're going to see 10, 11 guys on the floor every night for them because they're not going to be winning anything this year. Uh, you know, they're going to be just learning to play together and learning the game. But it looks like it's going to be Anthony, Suggs, Harris, Carter Jr. and Bamba. So the, the two bigs playing together. And you've got Ross, Hampton, both Wagner brothers, Franz the rookie and Mo the, the vet. And then Robin Lopez is still there with that half-hearted little skinny uh, hook shot, if you want to call it that. So they're going to play some guys. Um, Anthony, solid, but not against DeJounte Murray's defense. I really respect that. I do think Suggs could be decent here, but... 
you know, he hasn't been 100% healthy in the preseason, and it's early on. So I doubt I'm going to go there, uh, but somebody that I'll keep an eye on. The, the interest I have is more in the four or five guys for Orlando. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., who just signed a four-year extension at 5.9. Mo Bamba at 5.7. You know, both of those guys are capable of putting up solid DFS numbers at a somewhat reduced price. So I think you have to consider those guys. Uh, bench players, albeit I like them, I'm just not going to go there. Uh, and again, you know, really not my favorite game. I don't think you want much exposure here uh, at a, the lowest scoring uh, game on the board. And I would say pretty much pass, but uh, possibility of one of the bigs for Orlando for me. All right, 9 p.m. games, the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Utah Jazz. Utah, big 12-point favorite, biggest favorite on the board, and it's not even close. 222 is the over-under, 105 implied for the Thunder, a big 117 for the Jazz. Uh, where do you go here? You know, first of all, you've got the first discussion of the year of does this game blow out, which is always possible, and that hurts you on the Utah side. Utah guys are, are priced a little high, uh, and that's a concern as well. So let's talk about the Thunder first. You got Shea at 7.2. Uh, he gets a little bit of Conley defense, but, you know, if he's in there when Clarkson is trying to guard him or if they put uh, Mitchell on him, I think Shea is playable, just not comfortable in this game that could blow out for him. Lou Dort, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy might make some of my lineups. He's 3.8. I think he's going to get good minutes. And he's a guy that's going to get you everything. He's going to score. He's going to get you rebounds. He's going to get you assists. Because they, they have him listed as a three. But he literally can play the one, two, three, or four. He's like 6'9". He is a little raw. He's thin. He's got some growth. But I love his potential. Uh, he's played against the pros in Australia here for a while. He's very young, like 19, uh, 20 at the oldest. And I think that, uh, you know, he's worth a consideration on a Stars and Scrubs kind of lineup. My favorite guy for the Thunder, though, is Darius Baisley. I think he's gone below the radar and not really in terms of pricing, though. He's 6.1K, which seems like he should be 5.1K based on how they rotated and all the minutes everybody played last year. But I think Baisley's explosive. I think that he can, uh, you know, he can get some stuff done from several different aspects as far as gaining uh, DFS points. The only problem is he's going against that interior defense uh, with Rudy Gobert sitting in there waiting. Uh, so he's not going to get as many, you know, slashing breakaway dunk hoops as he normally does, unless he gets them in transition and he also can make some threes, so he is in play uh, in both of those aspects. Now, you know, after Baisley, a little bit of thought on Giddy or Shea. Uh, after that, though, you've got such a deep bench, all going to get minutes. Roby, Poku, Maladon, uh, Kenrich Williams, Ty Jerome, Trey Mann, Gabriel Deck, even maybe a Mike Muscala or Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So, yeah, not a real good situation for DFS players a bunch of young guys mixed with a few vets, all trying to get minutes, uh, no thanks. So a one-off with one of the guys I mentioned, I think is doable, and that's about it. On the Jazz side, again, my concern of a blowout is there, um, but somebody's got to get him to that blowout. Is it Donovan at 9.6? That's a lot of money. He's going to get Lou Dort defense, and that's a little scary. Plus, it could blow out. I'm not going to go there. Conley, you know, he's going to split time with Clarkson. That's an elimination factor for me. You got Bogdanovich at 5.8, but, you know, he's like that Joe Harris guy. I mean, those two guys just drive me nuts. They can get you 30, 32 fantasy points, hit a bunch of threes, or they can run up and down like Harris did last night and get 12 fantasy points in 30-some minutes. So I think, you know, I get that Bogdanovich isn't priced bad at 5.8, but I'm not going there. Royce O'Neal, no thank you, although I know he gets cheap play, but 5.6 isn't cheap enough. I'd, he'd have to be in the fours for a consideration. Uh, I'm not the biggest Rudy Gobert guy. I admit it every, every day. I don't play him hardly ever. He's 8.2, which is very expensive. 
Yes, he's going to get you a bunch of rebounds. Yes, he's going to get you blocks. But after that, his offensive game is iffy. They don't run anything for him. He's going to get offensive putbacks. But, you know, just not my favorite guy. And plus now he has Hassan Whiteside backing him up, which I think will get some minutes from him, uh, even, you know, even if it's a couple. Um, Clarkson off the bench, like I said, you know, he's tough, not really confident to go there with a, a, a price north of 6K. Um, after that, though, Joe Ingles, 5.5, not sure on the minutes. And then you got a bunch of young guys that are probably going to get rotation minutes, especially if they're up a lot. And that's Pascal, Hughes, Azabuki. Uh, those guys may all get some minutes and even Oni. But not interested there. Not the best game. Maybe a one-off uh, on the, the Thunder side, believe it or not, and more likely going to move on. All right. The two late games. The late night hammer games, both at 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, everybody always likes to play, have some exposure to these late night games. But here we go. We've got two pretty good ones. We've got Denver and the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix minus six. Uh, implied total for Denver, 109. Phoenix, 115. Um, you've got a lot of possibilities here. We know Phoenix defends well. They're efficient offensively. Uh, Denver, you know, they're going to go with Morris, Barton, Porter Jr., Gordon, and the Joker. And they, you know, bring off a decent bench with Compazzo, uh, probably Bones Highland going to get in there, Austin Rivers. You're going to see some of those guys, uh, Jeff Green, the newly acquired Jeff Green. Um, so, you know, there'll be some rotation there. I think you can look at the possibility of, Morris at 5K being the main guy at the point, although Campazzo will take some of those minutes. Um, will Barton at 5.2, I sort of like just because I think he needs to step up. I think that, uh, you know, until they get Jamal Murray back, you know, the difference makers are going to have to be, we already know Joker's going to do everything, but the difference maker is probably going to come down to Barton or Porter Jr. stepping up to the next level uh, while he's gone to make up for his absence. So, I think Barton's interesting. Porter at 6.4. Again, if you're in that mid-level build, he's certainly a good possibility, but he gets Mikhail Bridges' defense. I love Mikhail Bridges' defense, so uh, that's going to steer me clear at that 6.4 number. Not going to play Gordon at 5K. I don't care if he's 1K at this point. The dude just has games where he doesn't show up at all, has games where he's okay, occasionally has a really good game. So, just not going to go there. Uh, the Joker, one of those options. You got to choose, you know, probably one of the big name centers. Is it, you know, is it going to be Cat? Uh, is it going to be, you know, uh, Embiid? Or do you look at the Joker? I mean, you know, defending MVP here, 10.4K. Uh, he's going against Aiton. Aiton's a little ornery right now. He's the only rookie guy from that was up for extension that didn't get one. Everybody else got paid, so not sure how that's going to affect his psyche. It's either going to be he's going to you know slouch and and be upset about it, or he's going to be pissed and he's going to come out and play hard and be ornery. So that we have to watch. I'm a little afraid of Aiton because of that, but I know Monty Williams will have a defense set up to try to at least contain Joker. Uh, I love him. He's phenomenal. He could easily be the highest scorer on the slate, but I doubt that I'm going to go there on this first slate just because I respect uh, Monty's defense. I respect the pace and the defensive prowess they'll put with Aiton and they'll bother him with a little bit of crowd or they have JaVale McGee off the bench who can come in and cause some trouble, uh, you know, defensively. He's wiry and, and annoying. So I'm not going to, quite go there with Joker. Uh, you know, again, Barton or or Porter probably are a better option. On the Phoenix side, Chris Paul, hard to argue, you know, his potential and what he does. But, you know, we had this discussion a million times last year. Paul, Booker, and Aiton, are they going to share the ball too much? And now Mikhail Bridges is stepping up even more. I like Bridges at 5K. I think he's one of those cheap guys you can get through, uh, utilize, and he'll get the numbers for you. Uh, the fact that he's cheaper than Crowder, Crowder's 5.7 is surprising to me. 
But, you know, you can consider one of the three uh, or maybe at the most two of the three Phoenix guys. Paul, 7.6, Booker, 8.2, and, De and DeAndre, 8 and 7. So, you know, the fact that Aiton's that much cheaper uh, than the other bigs is definitely an attention getter. Um, uh, I think, you know, you'll get Will Barton on on Booker. So really, the, possibly the best play, believe it or not, is Chris Paul um, in this group. But this is a tough one. This is one of the toughest games on the slate for me. And I'm going to be looking at that. I'll roster uh, a guy or two in, in these late games. And I recommend doing that if as news breaks throughout the night and you see how things are going, it's nice to have one or two guys, not because it's the late game and you want to watch it and focus on it and just, you know, you want to play your best guys, period. Look at this slate without knowing the times. However, the only spot where you do need to know the time is when you want to make a few pivots. And if you're going to, you know, plug in a Chris Paul, for example, you know, you've got that spot locked in. There's lots of point guards to choose from. And as the, the games start rolling on, you can make a pivot. If you want to go to a Fox or a Lillard, you know, you've got those opportunities to make some changes. So for me, you play the best guys regardless of when the games are, except for when you have that pivot opportunity late in games. All right, last game, folks, Sacramento Kings, Portland Trailblazers, fun game. How about 234.5 with 119.75 for Portland, 114.75 for the Kings. So you have a winner here. This is probably the best game on the slate from a DFS standpoint. I'm going to have a lot of exposure to the Houston-Minnesota game and to this Sacramento-Portland game. I think those are the two games you could see some big, big numbers. Portland's a five-point favorite here. Of course, Sacramento, your first look is the Aaron Fox, 9.3, super stud. Uh, can never go wrong with him. Counterport apart across from the ball, Damian Lillard, same thing. Big fat 10.1, though, so it's going to cost you, but very good. The second fiddles uh, for both of these teams also deserve to be considered. For those mid-level builders, I like them both. Halliburton at 7K, McCollum at 7.2, certainly guys you can consider. Um, after that, though, it, it gets a bit thin for me on the Sacramento side. You know, you've got the combination of guys that can have really good games, but there's question marks there at, at, you know, the floor compared to the ceiling. And that's Barnes, Holmes, uh, Heald, basically. Um, then you're going to get some minutes from guys like Harkless, Tristan Thompson, Terrence Davis, the, the rookie Davion Mitchell. So there's going to be a lot of guys mixed in there, uh, Bagley as well. So not crazy. After the Fox Halliburton look, I'm probably going to go elsewhere. On the Portland side, uh, you know, you have a similar situation to some extent. You've got the Lillard McCullum look uh, and the potential there. Norman Powell's 5.7, that is tempting because he can get it done uh, all the way around. He'll get you some steals. You know, he, he's a good, solid player. Uh, he's been out a bit in the preseason, so that's a small red flag. Uh, and you don't need to take any gambles on a slate where you got 22 teams playing. Uh, after that, Covington, you know, again, hit or miss, more of a GPP here. Nurkic has the potential for a good game at 7K. Uh, not a bad play for this a second-tier price center. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is pretty tough defensively, though. He's a dog. And, you know, that scares me a little bit on that side of the ball. Holmes, you know, maybe not a bad play in himself, but... At 6.3, just a bit high. Um, as far as guys off the bench for Portland, uh, you're going to have Zeller backing up at center. Anthony Simons, probably the first guard off the bench. And then we'll see what we're going to get from Nance Jr. or even a Dennis Smith Jr. if they're going to get decent minutes or not. So that is it, my friends. 11 games up, 11 games down. Keep an eye on all the injuries. Lots of great potential plays here some fantastic contests in the industry. So really, really excited to get after all of this. So uh, hope this really helped. Hope you enjoyed uh, everything we've got going here and uh, you join us at DFS Coach Talk. So we would love to have you and uh, 
We hope you absolutely crush it in NBA DFS.